guys, welcome back to the Building Blocks of Business, a podcast show where we dive in and explore various aspects of the business world. This show is brought to you by Ecel NITK in association with NITK Toastmasters Club. I'm your host Rahul Hari Kumar, a second year BTech student in the Mechanical Engineering Department. Today, you're listening to the first episode of season 2 Startup Stories. a season which introduces you to entrepreneurship and goes through the journey and the various endeavors in the life of an entrepreneur in today's conversation i get to sit with our guest abhinav bhatak an nitk alumnus from the batch of 2015 abhinav is the ceo of purpul which is one of the fastest growing retail tech companies in india and is on a mission to build the commerce platform for india he was also nominated for the world renowned forbes 30 under 30 Thank you for accepting the invitation and it's great to have you with us sir. How are you sir and how has the covid pandemic treated you and your company? Hey thanks Rahul thanks a lot for having me here it's always great to come back uh, to college and engage on on different fronts so thanks a lot for calling me pleasure is all mine. Uh and about the covid pandemic i think uh, things are looking to i mean looking now much much better than what they were back in april may june so i think those 3 months were of massive stress for everyone and primarily because of the unpredictability and uncertainty uh slowly i think i mean humans have seen many many other such pandemics so i think it becomes a habit beyond a point i think to a great extent uh business is as usual not just for us but for a good chunk of folks obviously with a few changes that we are fully still working from home and would continue that so i think a few changes like those do happen uh and those are the good things of the pandemic hopefully uh, which gives and forces the whole you can say mankind to change that scale uh, so i think those are the good things but largely uh, i think we are fairly you can say roughly where we were pre covid so although it took almost 7 8 months for the recovery to happen but it has happened and the future looks much much better from here on and i'm getting the same sentiment from all the other fellow entrepreneurs also that i kind of interact with that's great to hear sir So speaking about your company where did you get your entrepreneurial spirit from and what was your key driving force to become an entrepreneur a uh, great question actually and uh, honestly it is not just one thing i think a combination of a few uh, factors and and things that happened in my life which i mean sequentially just fell in place very well so i think first i would say i was a very very active part of esl in my college i think second year onwards i was a part of it and up till final year i used to uh i mean contribute as much as i can to the best of my capacities in the time and i think i learned a lot second year definitely because uh it was one of the most vibrant clubs i'm sure still is uh in the college you get to kind of interact a lot with the final year students and even a good chunk of pass outs so i think that's the other good thing which esl is blessed with that there is so much uh i mean so many you can say distinguished alumni who have gone on to build great companies the likes of tracto taxi for sure etc etc they were the talk of the town uh during my time and uh, i mean via esl i could get to interact with them engage with them learn a lot from their journeys basically that's the maximum level of inspiration you can get uh while while you are at college so i think that was very very significant contributor because honestly before even coming to college i didn't even know that you can really run a company you can like build a company out of nowhere that just never occurred to me so i think a good chunk of that thinking uh was built in and and kind of bought into my thought process via esl uh significant contributor definitely the second most significant would be i think steve jobs so i mean i just randomly kind of uh read the book steve jobs which is like his biography 
uh, pretty interesting uh, and i think i definitely call it a life changing book you start looking at life in a very different way after reading that book and post reading that book i mean before and after reading that book so i think up few other minor things like that it all finally constituted that look at some point i want to be an entrepreneur because that is something that would really uh, give me the satisfaction uh, from my work life so it's good to kind of work somewhere take some you can say uh, work x learn how things really work and at some point it was quite clear before even graduating from college that i would want to uh, run my own business run my own company and be an entrepreneur so it's extremely inspiring knowing how much steve jobs and isel has played a large role in your career so being in the field of entrepreneurship it sometimes may be hard to find motivation as you know so what do you think best motivates you and have your entrepreneurial motivations changed since you started in 2016 uh it only becomes better over time uh because once you are in you are in there isn't really uh any out per se but uh still i mean if you look at it how it works and how you motivate yourself it's it's hard i'll i'll be very honest about that it's it's not like it's something easy because uh it's very well said right once you get at the top it it's more lonely than uh uh than you can really think of so it's definitely hard it's quite challenging but the good thing is that uh you can say the community is coming along very well I mean, if you see the number of recent entrepreneurs now in the last five years, it's just massively increased. It's just compounding at some unprecedented pace. Uh, and most of them now are there. Like probably ten years back, if you look, there weren't any successful entrepreneurs building multi-million-dollar companies at age of twenty-five, twenty-six. Now it has it has become a lot more common, a lot more frequent. So a lot more relatable stories are available in the market. uh and thankfully uh because of the community you can actually reach out to the folks and and talk to them talk to them about their problems because the problems of an entrepreneur are just very different like there are very few people who can really understand that they can definitely be a very good uh you can say uh source to chat with like you should definitely talk about your problems to your spouse if you have or your girlfriend or your mom dad parents i mean wherever you kind of live with that definitely helps you uh relax a lot more but the best is i mean when you reach out to another entrepreneur right and you hear the same stories that they're also struggling so i think everyone struggling and everyone still thriving uh, and and not lo- losing motivation in itself gives me a lot of confidence that look i'm not the only one the whole you can say uh, a bunch of like hundreds and thousands of entrepreneurs won't perish overnight right so struggle is the other side of life which doesn't get uh, you can say that kind of attention but it is a reality so initially that's how i used to kind of keep balance thankfully i have a very good bunch of advisors mentors fellow entrepreneurs who kind of guide me a lot tell me their side of stories which gives you a lot of confidence that look this is just a phase and it will pass uh so i think those kind of things really help that's great to know sir so speaking about entrepreneurship you definitely have experienced failures and various tough moments in your business practice could you share a story of one of your toughest moments and how you overcame it or how did you succeed to get over it and move forward sure absolutely so i think we look at failures very uh, objectively failures are basically mass learning exercises and we really talk a lot about it internally uh, i have personally failed at a lot of things uh, and i'm very open to kind of talk about them uh, to my team so that people can really take learning that's the larger agenda of what failures really are uh and and more often if you really try to evaluate the economics of of failure is actually pretty small it doesn't affect you a lot but uh one thing you understand over a period of time that if you fail a lot of times it's perfectly fine eventually you will succeed and the success would pay for hundreds and thousands of failures that's how the economics really is skewed towards and it it works very well and you will fail more often than you will succeed you have to kind of just keep calm and accept this fact this is not just for you alone it's for uh, everybody else as well 
So I think knowing how failure really is not something to really, really sad, feel sad about, it's actually something quite inspirational uh, through which you can get uh, learning in the fastest and the quickest possible way. So that's how we look at failure. That's the kind of culture we uh, have tried to inculcate internally at Purple as well. Uh, coming to the most, you can say, deadly failure that uh, I have recently or in my kind of journey witnessed. There are many, many, but I can quickly share uh, one short story. So we started Purple with the single point vision. Uh, to basically transform the offline stores and basically enable self checkouts so how this was supposed to work is that any customer would go to a offline retail store say a big bazaar or a hyper city uh, he or she would kind of take out their mobile phone uh, start picking up items from the shelf every item would have a barcode they can scan that barcode using the mobile uh, app and digitally add it to their uh, mobile card and also keep the item physically with them they kind of repeat this whole process when they are done shopping they can just check out and pay uh, in the app itself and uh, they'll get a digital invoice. They can straight away go out of the store after that. That's how we kind of envisioned the journey uh, and then we kind of started on that. We kind of focused on this as a single point agenda for the first 12 to 15 months. But eventually we understood that look, uh, a setup like this is too aspirational and it's more unrealistic in the scenarios of today. And this whole 12 to 15 months of effort was basically a failure because we could not scale this uh, uh, aggressively beyond a point. We could only get to say a hundred stores, uh, just a couple of million dollars in GMV. That's just very small. I mean, we didn't want to build a company which is uh, not like a very, very large one because that's the inher inherent entrepreneurial ambition. So after running this whole exercise with all the effort for 12 to 15 months, it's a lot of time. We concluded that, look, this is not uh, what would scale given the circumstances in India and the uh, you can say technology levels at which the Indian, Indian retailers are, then they kind of have to shelf it completely. After putting so much effort in it, uh, because things were not scaling beyond a point, we had to kind of shelf it. But that's, I think, the most interesting piece as well. And that's the key differentiator between, uh, you can say, good to great, right? I mean, uh, there's a very beautiful book by Jim Collins. And this is what he really talks about, that the things which are not really game-changing, if you don't remove them, there is no way that you can... Uh, kind of really move towards great. So I think that aspiration has always been there for us. Even after working on the whole self-checkout piece for 12 to 15 uh, months, we kind of shelved it because we understood that, look, this will not scale at the pace at which we really want the company and the business to scale. This is not the most critical thing we would do for retailers. After shelving, it took us probably four to six months to kind of reinvent ourselves. But again, we kind of pivoted and we came on to a new you can say product, which is called UltraPause, which is a very, very different product than what self-checkout really was. But ever since for the last two and a half years, it has been scaling beautifully. Uh, so I think that that's the uh, flavor. I mean, obviously, when we were going to shelve it, it was really, really hard uh, and quite stressful because we had no idea if we would even figure out anything else that would work. Uh, we could have potentially, uh, I mean, it was a near death cycle if you really look uh, for the company. But I mean, the whole idea is that you don't lose sleep over it, stay calm and continue to innovate. You will figure out uh, things that really are uh, as aspirational as your ambitions are. Thank you, sir. So it really is inspiring how you stay motivated despite all the failures you've faced. So are there any missed opportunities in your business practice that you wish to have leveraged? Uh, so I think opportunity is probably very subjective. So, uh, I mean, there could have been scenarios and instances where we could have tried something and done something and something else would have happened. So since it has not happened, I would not really call it an opportunity. It was hope. Uh, that a lot of things would have happened. But again, uh, so basically on this, there's a very beautiful, you can say theory of Jeff Bezos, the Amazon CEO, that uh, as a, you can say leader, your primary job is to minimize regrets. 
So if that comes at a cost of trying out something, you should always go and do it. So long as the downside of whatever you are going to try is not massive. Obviously, if the downside is not going to kill you, you will still survive and things won't look very, very bad and ugly. You should always try it. And as a leader, it's your primary responsibility to make sure that you minimize regrets, not just for yourself, but for the entire uh, organization that you're leading. So I really, really believe in that uh, very aggressively, which is why we kind of do a lot of experiments. Inside Purple, we have a very, very active experiments team which kind of keeps running every new uh, potential idea which can be as futuristic as it may sound uh, and whether it works or it doesn't is, is secondary we would try it out with all the right resources and the hunger uh, most of the times and if it works we will kind of merge it with the core offerings of the product and the you can say business if it doesn't we'll kind of take the learnings from it uh, share it with everybody else internally and kind of shelf the project that's how we kind of look at it but again, like I said, you can only minimize it. You can't make it zero. So there are always things that we could have done better if we go back probably in past that will always be there. So going back to retail and being the CEO of one of the fastest growing retail companies in India, how did you identify your domain of interest in entrepreneurship? And what was it that made you identify that your domain of interest is retail? Uh, a good question again. So I think a couple of uh, things on this. It's not one point which kind of gave me uh, that visibility to really uh, build a business in the retail tech space. Uh, I think a couple of things. So first is that, uh, I mean, I wasn't really an avid shopper, but I've been to pretty much all the types of stores in India, in US while I was working for Goldman. And I, if you really go to a store on a weekend or you go on a festive season like a Black Friday in the US or a Diwali in, in India or any other equivalent in any other country, you would see retail stores are very, very chaotic. The kind of rush that they have, the kind of cues that they have, the experience is phenomenally broken. So I think that was a very key fundamental trigger for me uh, that why are people really doing this, right? I mean, just for the sake of buying 10 items, they have to stand in lines for 25 minutes. This is not acceptable. I mean, how much time is really being lost at scale? It's just insane. So I think that was a key significant driver for me to get uh, really deep inside retail to understand. Second was the aspiration always was uh, to really build a very large business. And for a very large business, you really need a very large market. And honestly, if you really see retail contributes 12% to India's GDP, it is what uh, employs almost 10% of people uh, workforce of India. So it's a very, very large market. Obviously, India is not a small country. So 12% contribution to the GDP is probably one of the largest industries we have in India. If not, I mean, it is the top three for uh, markets that we have. So I think that was the second uh, significant factor for me to really consider retail and retail tech very seriously before uh, starting this business. And the third and the most critical thing, again, this is more, uh, you can say cliche, but uh, it's one of the most interesting lines I read in a book. It's, it's basically called uh, The Four. It's a book by Ben Kasanoka, where he talks about the four largest tech companies in the world. So on that, uh, in, in that is a very interesting line, which says, uh, the richest man of 20th century got minimum wage employees to sell you stuff. He's basically talking about Sam Walton and Walmart. Walmart got absolute minimum wage employees to sell you stuff. And that made Walmart the largest company of the 20th century and uh, Sam Walton the richest man on earth. Then the second part of that is the richest man of 21st century got zero wage robots to sell you stuff. Now he's talking about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. So I think that's a very, very powerful, very, very, uh, you can say, uh, inspirational statement itself. That all of these guys, right, which have built the largest companies on earth are all retail companies. They are just looking at retail from a very different lens. So I think that was really fundamentally bestowed upon me uh, and was super inspirational for me to uh, understand and think of before really starting this business.
That is some great advice for our entrepreneurial ecosystem in the 90k, sir. So leaving aside retail, what was it like to be nominated for Forbes 30 Under 30, and how has it been nominated for it impacted your company and your professional life? Uh, so I think it definitely feels great. Obviously, it's one of the most prestigious uh, lists of I mean successful people of of my age. So I think I'm very happy, and uh, I mean great. I mean it's great to be on the list, and really happy that Forbes actually found me eligible and worthwhile on the list. So I think thanks. to them for really identifying what we have been doing uh it's definitely i mean because as an entrepreneur you don't get a lot of rewards you are more kind of interested in giving rewards making things better for your team employees your clients customers you are always doing for others so when someone does something for you it's a very very good uh feeling because for entrepreneurs it doesn't happen uh more often you get used to it it's nothing to really feel sad about but whenever it happens i mean these awards like these they really make you very very happy so i think that's something uh which definitely made all i mean not just me the entire team also feel great about themselves because it's their efforts which really made us worthwhile uh, to be on that on that list so i think it made everyone really really happy all right so that's great to hear and that's really inspiring now i have a question which you've probably been asked a number of times over the years and i think our nitk viewers will be eager to hear how has life in nitk shaped you to become the person you are today and what would your advice be to the students of nitk who wish to be entrepreneurs in the near future sure uh, i think this yeah it's honestly i mean asked the most but it still is my favorite question because i mean uh, nitk is something which is very close to my heart and will always be i loved the uh, time in college it couldn't have been uh, better than what it was so thankful to all my colleagues batchmates everyone who really made it so interesting for me uh but honestly uh if if you really see it has significantly contributed what i was before college what i was after college has has really shaped me and improved me at many many levels and uh, it it's always great to surround you with a bunch of really smart people who are really good at uh at, at what they do whether it's studies it's academics or it's ambition or it's building businesses or it's taking the most uh you can say highly paid job it's, it's always great to surround yourself with a bunch of really really good people and i was fortunate to kind of really do that my wing all my friends are like super amazing bunch of folks so over the four years the kind of interactions that i had with them i obviously improved a lot uh as a person as an individual my thought process widened a lot it really gave me a sense to understand what are the different aspirations of, of people right and it it is so uh you can say varying right uh somebody wants to take up the uh, most paying job on the campus somebody wants to go to phd so i think the number of the sheer number of options and things that people like to pursue uh really makes you rethink about your own personal choices are they really significant enough and uh, you can always take inspiration from your peers uh, just for the sake of their ambition so that is something that i really uh, you can say took from all my seniors colleagues i mean even some of the professors that that the hunger in the college is just absolutely amazing everyone is striving to do something great in whatever they really want to uh, and i was not like that before honestly i was a very you can say sell uh, i mean you can say a short uh, ambition small ambition kind of a person my ambition amplified at different levels uh during my four years at college and i think that is something which i will always keep with me uh forever and it is still scaling the whole idea there is if you surround yourself with a bunch of really smart people you will learn a lot and you will improve a lot uh as an individual i think that is what really happened to me as well i love coming on these sessions to discuss about all of these with college so thanks a lot for uh, for calling me here it's definitely great to be back in any form and manner in which you can be because college is something that all of us would really love uh post our or i mean graduation as well coming to the second piece which is around uh, 
what advice i would give to entrepreneurs is i think a couple of things first would be that it's i mean people really under you can say value the uh, you can say benefits of really talking to people so thankfully uh, you can say clubs like ecel and the others in college which are doing any related uh, activity also to entrepreneurship have a lot of access and this is something that uh, students in college should really leverage they should really use you guys to uh, help get connections with real entrepreneurs at least the nidk entrepreneurs and trust me there are lots of them i mean once i graduated of college i really got to know there are at least some 15 20 really really uh, successful entrepreneurs in the last you can say 10 years so i think all of them are quite hungry uh, and all of them love interacting with uh, with college and the students of college so i think this is something that uh, students should understand and, and try to leverage as much as possible because this can really help you widen your thought process and and get wisdom because these are the bunch of folks who have really struggled a lot to get where they are and they are very very open to share their stories of success and failure so it gives a lot of inspiration uh, and more than that it definitely gives you a lot of uh, learning so that is first second would be take entrepreneurship more seriously uh, because the rewards are really really good i mean uh, the kind of struggle stress that you will go through over a period of say 2 3 4 5 6 years is really rewarding uh, post that it depends on what domain what business etc you are really into but even if i mean if you build a great business it's definitely there's nothing like that but even if you don't build even if you fail the market appreciates this so much right i have a lot of friends who kind of tried to build their businesses struggled for 12 months 15 months 18 months uh, shut down the business went back to job people in job also appreciate this so much because the kind of discipline that you have to really uh, go through during entrepreneurship is phenomenal you definitely don't get anything remotely close to that while taking job wherever you can so i think the industry is very uh, appreciative of this more than that the largest of the companies in the world are appreciating the culture of entrepreneurship a lot and running your own business in whatever capacity success or failure doesn't matter uh, just just trying that out gives you that sense of uh, you can say entrepreneurship and it just basically transforms your dna uh, the whole way in which you operate becomes a lot more entrepreneurial whether you are running your business or you are just doing a job is secondary uh, and that whole culture and spirit of entrepreneurship is something that the whole world uh, really appreciates a lot right now so i think uh, bottom up basically what i mean to say is that the downside is absolutely nothing uh, it's just the you can say in inner conviction that you can build that uh, you really want to try a hand at entrepreneurship before you really try out something else in life i mean it's perfectly fine you may do it right out of college you may do it 5 years out of college or anywhere in between or 10 years out of college is all secondary but taking it more seriously is actually a a pretty interesting thing because the downsides are absolutely nothing and the upsides are a lot whether you fail or succeed thank you so much sir and with that we come to the end of today's episode thank you sir for your insights on your very inspiring entrepreneurial path and for taking the time out to make this happen By sharing your journey with our listeners, I'm sure you have inspired many in and around NIDK who wish to have their own startup in upcoming years. I would also like to thank our listeners. I hope you take something valuable from today's episode of Startup Stories. Until next time, stay home and stay safe. Mm-hmm.